Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Balcony with Alex Gross. These are my thoughts from the balcony. I'm not on a balcony right now currently, but I could be. So funny story. When I was young, my grandmother owned uh, a property with three houses on it. And she had um, a second story balcony that took up, uh, that watched over the property, right? And I used to go onto the balcony and there was a couple flagpoles that, you know, overhung the, the driveway. So I would go on the balcony and I would turn, I would take the flags out, or I'm hoping, probably not me, I was very young. So somebody would take the flags out of the flagpoles and I would turn the flagpole holder around towards the balcony. So facing in towards the house. And I would sit there with headphones on and pretend I was on a radio show. And it's just so full circle that I have now named, and I didn't think about this before. I have now named my podcast Thoughts from the Balcony, which is honestly just wild to me. But we're going to talk a little bit today about where resistance fitness has been in the last year. And then we're going to get into the 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 nitty gritty of this podcast and the grunt that gets you there. March 3rd will mark one year since I have started my company, Resistance Fitness. Wow. One year. So, so last year on March 3rd, I remember all five of my clients had iPhones. If they didn't have an iPhone, I would have been screwed. I delivered their programming via Apple Notes. I didn't do anything really with nutrition. I did, you know, old review of nutrition, uh, but not much, not much. Um, essentially, I was slumming it, slumming it as a resistance fitness LLC. So not only have I grown from those five clients to now serving 26 total individuals in their health and fitness goals in one year, right? That's an increase of 21 clients. I have now grown my platform to a program that I can deliver programming right to everyone's phone via an app, an app that is customized to my own uh, logo, my resistance fitness logo, which I have changed numerous times throughout this year. But not only can I deliver programming, I can now deliver nutrition and individualized goals through this app. It is an amazing, amazing, amazing platform to use, to utilize for online fitness coaching. Um, and I'm just so ecstatic that I got the opportunity to put my, put my clients on there and to grow in that capacity on that platform. What an amazing experience. Not only have I, do I have 26 current clients, I've had over 54 people apply for my coaching. 54 people apply for my coaching in one year. When people apply for my coaching, sometimes, you know, sometimes they're not ready. Sometimes uh, they don't fit into a community, you know, the community that I've built. And that's okay. That's totally okay. There's plenty of online coaches out there. However, my community is special. Um and it is not for, for everyone. It is very mindset intensive and it is not a quick uh, weight loss community, right? It's not about quick results. It's about longevity and healthy lifestyles and things uh, of that nature, sustainable fit fitness. And sometimes when people apply, they're really truly just looking for a quick quick diet to, to get some weight loss out of them. Unfortunately, that is not, uh, not unfortunately, 
Fortunately, that is not what my program does. Um, and for that reason, I have had to turn people away, which some people in the beginning of starting a business would say is a dumb move. Uh, but I would say that probably with a success rate of, I think, 24, 26 clients uh, with 54 people that applied, I have probably turned away at least half of the people that did not enter into resistance fitness. Mind you, let me just preface this by, I quit my job. I quit my job in October. So I was a full-time engineer for seven months commuting in and out of New York City, four hours every day, while also growing my business at the same time. I think when I quit in October, I had 15 clients. I had 15 clients. So since I've quit and become a full-time coach, I have gotten 11 more clients from that, from that period. As far as my social media platform in the last year, I've grown my platform to over 1,300 followers on Instagram. I have over 700 followers on TikTok. Uh, probably not even a month ago, I started with like 100 followers. I now have 700 followers on TikTok, which is awesome. On Instagram alone, I have reached 55,719 people. That is wild to me in the last 90 days. And I can only see the last 90 days of analytics on my Instagram. I absolutely have to say that if I did not focus my energy on myself, that this would not have happened for resistance fitness. With the energy that I've put in to building my business, building my brand, building myself, right? We're not even going to talk about my own goals in the last year. But at the end of the day, it's just me. And if I don't take care of me, no one else, no one, no one is going gonna, is gonna to make resistance fitness flourish but me. I'm just so excited to be able to reflect on the last year of resistance fitness with you guys. So thank you so much. Um, every ounce of appreciation pours out of me today while you listen to this. Uh, and I'm just so ecstatic to be here with a podcast in my name, not under resistance fitness, but still here we are. All right. So let's get into the meat of it. So I, I started going to a new gym recently and the gym that I went to, uh, is called crunch fitness and it's, it's a nice gym. It has a nice functional fitness area. I'm really digging it. My gym heater in my home gym ran, uh, blew out. Um, and it's been really cold here in New Jersey. So I've been going to a specific gym. Um, which has been really nice for me. I needed the change of scenery for sure. So on the walls of this gym is written in huge letters. It's not the weight that matters. It's the grunt that gets you there. All right. I'm going to repeat it. It's not the weight that matters. It's the grunt that gets you there. And while this seems like it's about to go in a fitness and physical uh, direction, and it, it will for a brief period, it is going to come full circle, full circle to mindset. Um, so, you know, stick around. If you're not so much interested in the physical, this really isn't what this uh, podcast is about today. Um, but if it's not the weight that matters, right, it's the grunt that gets you there. What does that mean? Well, to me, that's talking about relative effort, okay? The relative effort that it takes that you're putting in to your training, to your mindset, to your life, all right? 
it's about the relative effort, the effort that you're putting in, right? So let's talk about the physical, the physical, the physical aspect of this, right? In in literal sense, it's not the weight that matters, it's the grunt that gets you there, right? Someone with less muscle mass can experience the same feeling of intensity with a 10-pound weight as someone that's been training for a long time that has higher muscle mass, higher strength. They would feel the same intensity with a hundred pound weight, right? It's relative to that person's body. It's relative to the muscle mass that that person puts on. It's relative to an individual. This is why comparison, it just doesn't make any sense, right? It's great to strive for things. It's great to see people um, that you look up to and to want to strive to be like them, but comparing yourself is going to ruin you. Um, and you have to understand that no one's life path is the same, right? And when we're talking about uh, physical wise, right? No one's genetics are the same. No one's muscle mass or muscle definition is the same. Someone can come up to me and be like, I benched 215. I'd be like, that's cool. That means absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about the weight. It's not about the weight. The weight is just a unit of measurement. It's about how much time you're putting in in the gym. It's about how much consistency you're putting in in the gym. It's about your nutrition, right? It's about all the other things that matter, not so much about the exact weight that you're putting up. Yes, that's great. If if your if your last lift if your last lift was 215 on a deadlift and now you're at 235, that's amazing. That's relative. But you know what else is amazing? If your last lift was 10 pounds and now you're at you're at 35 pounds, that's still amazing. That progress is the exact same regardless of the number of that weight, okay? Anything in this world is just so relative to who who you are as an individual. And I think this gets slept on so much and it gets missed because we're just constantly, especially with social media, right? We're constantly comparing ourselves to the person next to us. And it's so easily accessible at this point. You get to look on social media and be like, man, that person lives a life, man. You know, th that person, uh, for, for me, I've heard it myself, right? Like, damn, like you get to work out whenever you want. You get to do this, that, or the other thing. Yeah, you don't see the the hours I'm putting in behind this desk. You don't see the amount of time that I spend talking to my clients. You don't see uh, the amount of time it takes to start a business, right? All of these things are relative to me, but it's but it absolutely can be, you know, spread out for anyone. That person might look like they live a successful life. They might look like they make six figures. They may, they might look like they have the perfect house and the perfect family, but at the end of the day, you have no idea the hard work that they're putting in and the, and the things that they have to deal with and the capacity that they have to deal with it. Okay. And that's what this is really about. This, this podcast is really about the capacity, the capacity of a, of an individual and, and how that matters in what's relative to that person. All right. My capacity on some days can be so low that the only thing that I can do 
is respond to my clients, right? And sometimes my capacity is so high that I've run every errand that I needed to. I have responded to all my clients. I have created content. I have done marketing. I have done all these things. I have worked out in the gym. I have ate every meal. I have done everything perfectly to a T. I've spent time with the dog. How did I make all this time in the day? Because I had the capacity, the mental space, the mental clarity to make that happen. But that is not every day. That is absolutely not every day. And and you can't expect it to be. You can strive for excellence and you can strive to be your best in, in that specific day. But that's what matters. You have to understand your limits for that day or for that moment and, and the mental space that things take up in our mind. Stress. All of these different things play such a huge role in our, in our capacity and our relative effort that we can put in based off of that capacity. And when I, we're talking mental capacity, we're also talking physical capacity, right? Sometimes if we don't, if let's talk physical real quick, if we don't sleep, if we don't eat, if we don't drink the water, our physical capacity is going to be, it's going to take a hit. It's going to be limited. If we don't recover, rest, stretch, do all the things and take care of our body physically for our health, it's going to result in not being able to lift as heavy. It's going to result as not, you know, as not feeling great, not being well recovered. Now let's talk mental. If we don't do work on our mindset and our mental capacity, we will have lower relative effort. We will not be able to handle as much as much throughout our days we'll not be able to handle stress as well as we normally as we typically would if we were doing all of the things to take care of our, our our mental so what types of things can we really do to take care of our mental our mental health right one phys- first things first physical health is directly related to mental health because it helps your homeostasis it helps the chemicals the brain chemicals flow better uh, throughout your 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 brain and your body, right? So that is first and foremost. Your mindset will catch up to your to your body if you start taking care of your body. All right. So first things first. Let's just talk about taking care of our body in a in a productive way. You know. <clears throat> Second, we talk about practicing things that can help us, right? A lot of times mental health gets put on the back burner because it takes intention um, that society doesn't necessarily teach often. Okay, maybe maybe in this day and age, we're learning a little bit more about it. But when I was growing up, we definitely did not learn about this type of thing. And I know that when my parents and my grandparents are growing up, what do you talk to a boomer about therapy? And they're not going to they're not going (laughs) to they're not going to think that it's a good thing that you're going to therapy. You talk to me about therapy. I think everybody should, have, personal opinion, everyone should have a mandatory two years of therapy after high school. <laughs> I think that that should be a mandatory thing. You should have to have, you should have to have two years of therapy. Now, therapy only works as well as you make it, as well as you let it work. But at the end of the day, as long as you have, if you're having 
the space and the output in that in that capacity, I think it would help a lot more people than it than it does now. Anyway, that's besides the point, right? To achieve mental space, to have mental space to take care of your stress and, and to have clarity, to deal with your triggers and your traumas, right? All of these things take preventative health care. And I talk about this with my clients, right? Journaling, gratitude, filling your cup, figuring out what it is that fills your cup, dealing with your emotions, not deflecting them, you know, not feeling sad. So you go drink a bunch of alcohol or do a bunch of drugs, right? I think as far as the alcohol, for the most part, I think most of society has done something along these lines before. They want to numb out their pain with this alcohol or these, these drugs, these nicotine, all these things, these def deflections, these things that don't, don't really serve you. They're just distracting you. Right? But dealing with the emotions is the first thing, right? Understanding, actually, I'm sorry. Understanding the emotions is the first thing that you can do to, to start to free up some of this mental space and to start deal with, dealing with situations in a better capacity, right? So when emotions arise in you, when you get triggered by something, when something happens, a lot of the times it's really not about what's happening in that moment. It's about something that happened to you in your past. Uh, that is that whatever's happening right now is bringing up those core memories of that trauma. Um, so you got to find the root, you got to find the root of what it is that's happening. And that's really the first step. And it's a big step. It's a huge step, but it's the first step, uh, to living a better life and understanding yourself a little bit more and having more mental capacity to deal with stress, to be less overwhelmed, to push yourself and to reach for your goals, uh, on a consistent basis, right? We can write these things down. You can write things down in your notes. I'm a big, per I'm a big Apple notes person. I write everything down in my notes. I, I need to, I have to. So if I have an emotion I don't understand, or if I'm dealing with something that I don't understand, I literally have notes that say, remember that feeling. Remember that feeling of blah, blah, blah. Remember that feeling of eating out and not knowing what to pick on the menu. I know that one's on there for me. Remember that feeling of not wanting to speak up because you're scared of what that person is going to say. Remember that feeling of blank, blah, 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 right? I write them down and then I look at them <laughs> and I try to figure out what was going on in those moments when I was feeling that way and why I feel that way. Because the only way to really push through that or past that or to understand that is to move through those emotions um, and, the, and the way that we do that is just to identify them first and foremost and understand where they're coming from, right? That's the second step is understanding where they're coming from. So if we can find the root and once we can name things and write these things down, you know, or even just make mental notes of these things, we can go through and change the narrative of why those things are holding us back and, and those things hurt us, Okay. So instead of the next time that that emotion arises, we can recognize it in the moment, 
right? And once we recognize it in the moment, we can say, okay, wait, where is this actually coming from? Like, is this really about the person in front of me that slammed on their brakes and now I, I have the seatbelt jerk me forward? Am I really angry about that? Or am I terrified because I got into a car accident when I was 13 years old and I felt that same feeling, right? And now I'm scared and it brought me back to that feeling because our brain remembers everything. Our subconscious remembers everything, right? So how can we rewrite that narrative now? Well, we could tell our brain things like, okay, yes, that just happened. Yes, that did trigger me. Um, I still felt the fear that I felt back then, but this time, what happened? Give yourself facts. This time, I stopped myself. I didn't slam into the car in front of me. This time, my seatbelt and my car are more safe than they were back in 1997, right? This time, give yourself all the facts. I knew better, and I swerved out of the way, and nothing happened, right? Reassure yourself in that moment of the things that you have that, that are true in that moment that can help alleviate that fear. It doesn't have to be fear. It could be sadness, mad, all of those things. We have to give our brain something else, something positive to hold on to. And that's super important. Our mind loves to lie to us when we're in anxiety. It loves to convince ourselves. We can convince ourselves of anything, right? So when we're feeling anxious or we're feeling like overwhelmed, you can pretty much guarantee that those, those feelings are coming from a place of, of distrust within yourself or distrust within those around you. Um, and you have to revisit, you know, be present in the moment and figure out, tell the truth, tell yourself the truth and figure out what it is that you're, that is really, really happening. Not the things that have happened to you before, before that. Right. So those are things that we can do in the moment. Those are things we can do in the moment to help with our relative effort, to help with our mental capacity. Right. Those things in the very present moment. You can do. To take a step back to handle situations a little bit more. From the balcony. Right. A little bit non-reactive right because there has to be a, a space between thought and reaction and a response right that space in between thought and response is so important and that space doesn't come naturally right we have to work on uh, acquiring that space so how do we work on a, acquiring that space we meditate or do mindfulness. We focus on our breathing. Those types of things have to be practiced. They have to be learned. It's a skill. It's an absolutely skill. So in the moment when you catch yourself, right? Have you ever been like zoning out and all of a sudden you just like catch yourself and you come back to reality? You're like, oh shit. Like, you know, that catch, that is a skill. You have to practice that. And the way that you practice that is meditation and mindfulness. And, and focusing on your breath, the act of meditation is actually not, uh, it does have a lot of clearing your thoughts, right? But the act of meditation is the practice of bringing yourself back to the present moment. You will get distracted in meditation. Don't let that discourage you from doing it. That's the whole point. 
a lot of people think, oh, you're just supposed to be clear and, and like whatever. No, you, you will get distracted. You have to focus and bring yourself back to the present moment, bring yourself back to at one point of focus. Typically that's the breath, right? That's how people start or like a visualization, that practice over time, the, that preventative skill that you're learning will help you in the moment of, of reaction and, and between thought and, and response. That will help you cultivate that space and be able to take a step back and be able to have more mental clarity and to have more relative effort in your everyday life. So mindfulness and meditation is a huge preventative care mental preventative mental health care that's what it is it really is it's preventative health care for your mind for your mind right other things that you could do are journaling journaling helps so much with getting your emotions out there you know non-judgment journaling i talk about non-judgment journaling all the time and to my clients non-judgment journaling is just writing out whatever comes to your head without any judgment no one's ever going to read that you don't ever have to read it again like a lot of times we are trying to be perfect or we're aiming for perfection, but those things don't really matter, right? So try non-judgment journaling to just get everything out on paper and you'd be surprised at the crazy stuff that comes out of your head. And I say crazy, you'd be surprised. Another huge preventative care for, for creating and cultivating this relative effort and, to, uh, or, and, and this mental capacity is gratitude practice. Gratitude practice is actually proven, I say this all the time, is proven to rewire your brain. I have struggled a lot of my life. I was very spoiled um, growing up. Absolutely, I'm still spoiled to be honest with you. I was very spoiled and I took things for granted a lot of my life. I was not grateful, I was ungrateful, I was a brat, honestly. And it, cha it, it hurt me. Okay. It hurt me as a, as an adult, it has hurt me. And I've had to work very, very hard to change that narrative for myself. I have worked so hard on my gratitude every single day for the last uh, over a year. And sometimes i sometimes I don't, I skip it. And, and, you know, those days I, and I can tell when I'm, when I skip it, but I have written down five things that I am grateful for every single day pretty consecutively for over a year. And I will tell you that I am, I am more compassionate to others. I'm more compassionate to myself. I am more emotionally available for others. I am, I have gratitude for things. Uh, I appreciate so much more than I ever have before in my entire life. And I can absolutely relate it 100% to my gratitude journaling and my gratitude practice. Another thing I do specifically is vision journaling. I will write down in the present tense what I want to see come to fruition. Um, things like uh, my home gym is the place to be this summer. It's bright and sunny and I'm feeling, I'm feeling this way, right? It's bright. I'm working out in my gym and it's bright and it's sunny and I'm feeling blank. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling joyous. I'm feeling et cetera all these things I write down what my kitchen when I wrote down this today, my kitchen cabinets are remodeled. And when I walk in, I feel like home. I feel uh, accomplished for, for doing these things. I write down my feelings and what I want to happen 
in the present tense, even if it's not actually happening right now. So these types of things to preventative healthcare can really free up this mental capacity for you and help you navigate stressful situations in a more grounded way. They can help you deal with higher stress situations over time. Your relative effort becomes higher over time, the more you practice these things. Yes, you have days that, the, that your mindset comes down a little bit and your relative efforts goes down. But at the end of the day, to help open up your mental capacity, to help push your limit, to make your next low higher than your last low, to keep pushing your relative rock bottom up and up until handling a situation badly looks something like, oh, I didn't verbalize how I felt in the moment because I needed a second to process. And that's my new low, as opposed to where my old low, I would have screamed at the top of my lungs at someone that they needed to give me space because I can't handle you right now. It's all relative to who you are right now in this very moment. Don't allow anyone to put you back into a box that you crawled out of and that you worked so hard to crawl out of and remember that the work that you're putting in will all pay off. The preventative action that you are putting in will pay off. And it seems tedious and it seems stupid because you're not, you're not seeing instant results from it. But these things matter. It's preventative health care. It's preventative mental health care. Striving to be just 1% better than the day before right? Just push yourself a little bit harder. When you feel like you're about to give up, remember that you still have 60% left. Thank you, David Goggins, for telling me that. You still have 60% of your capacity left when you feel like giving up. You got to reach for it. You got to be, you know, 1% better than the day before. And if that means to you, if I only got this is just easy for me to relate to. If I got 80 ounces of water yesterday and I'm striving for a gallon, my 1% better is to get 88 ounces of water tomorrow. Remember that you're not satisfied. You are just comfortable and to push yourself through that comfort zone and that we are stronger than our patterns. And that relative effort is all about what you think and what you can put in in that very moment. And it has so much to do with the mental space that you have available and physical space and the physical capacity. But really, it's all about that mental. That's really it for today's episode of Thoughts from the Balcony. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this episode. Happy one year of Resistance Fitness LLC. And I'll talk to you next time. 